Today, Hunter Biden and the terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. Rachel Levine wants to trans your kids, but is really happy he didn't trans himself too soon. And SBB files for bankruptcy is the fix in for these small community banks. We've got all of that and more coming up, and it all starts right now. Welcome to the news and why it matters. Happy St. Patrick's Day. I am Sarah Gonzalez and House Oversight Committee Chairman James Comer revealed this week that the Biden family received more than a million dollars in payments from accounts related to Hunter Biden's business associate Rob Walker and their Chinese business ventures in 2017. Now, at least three other family members received pretty lucrative payments from a bank account belonging to Walker. This is, of course, again, Hunter's associate himself. That account is labeled as Robinson Walker LLC. And records reveal that on March 1st, 2017, now this is less than two months after then-Vice President Joe Biden left office, State Energy HK Limited, a separate Chinese company, wired $3 million to Robinson Walker LLC. Now, according to the committee's memo, the next day, Robinson Walker LLC wired $1,065,000 to a European energy group associated with James Gillier, who also happened to be a business partner of Hunter involved in all these foreign business ventures. Now, next, the memo states that multiple Biden family members and their companies began receiving incremental payments over a three-month time span. We now know the recipients of the money included Hallie Biden, Beau Biden's widow, companies associated with both Hunter Biden and James Biden, Joe's brother, and an unknown bank account identified just as Biden. Huh, what other Bidens could there possibly be? So as you can see here, Hallie received a $25,000 payment from the account. And remember, this was in 2017 at the same time she was shacking up with Hunter, you know, her late husband's brother, because that's not weird. An account labeled Owasco PC, which belonged to Hunter, received $500,000 between March and May 2017. An account labeled JBBSR Inc., which belonged to James Biden, received $360,000 between March and May of the same year. An account labeled First Clearing LLC also received $100,000. Oh, that account also belonged to Hunter Biden. And a bank account identified as simply Biden also received $70,000 from Robinson Walker LLC. Perhaps that was some of that 10% for the big guy. Hmm. And because, of course, the White House knows this is all true, instead of denying the findings, they simply blamed the oversight committee for, I don't know, I guess investigating wherever the facts lead. That's, that's bad. You shouldn't do that. White House spokesman E.M. Sims said, instead of bizarrely attacking the president's family, perhaps House Republicans should focus on working with the president to deliver results for American families on important priorities like lowering costs and strengthening health care. Okay. A spokesperson for Hunter Biden's legal team said, Hunter Biden, a private citizen with every right to pursue his own business endeavors, joined several business partners in seeking a joint venture with a privately owned legitimate energy company in China. As part of that joint venture, Hunter received his portion of good faith seed funds, which he shared with his uncle James and Hallie Biden, with whom he was involved at the time and sharing expenses. Ah, yes, very intelligent and shrewd businessman Hunter Biden, whose only legitimate skills include shaving his butthole while holding a selfie stick in front of a prostitute and pleasuring himself a million times on camera and with absolutely no background in energy definitely has the experience necessary to successfully earn that kind of money. I'm sure. Here to help me break this down and more 
I have Eric July, Blaze TV contributor and founder and owner of Ripiverse Comics and Blaze TV host Alex Stein, host of Primetime with Alex Stein. Uh, you know, it's fascinating because I didn't want to read the whole, the full statement from Hunter Biden's uh, legal team. But at a certain point in their statement about this, they say, oh, James Comer and the Oversight Committee are just latching on to these right wing conspiracies. It's like, it's right there. That's why the White House themselves didn't even deny it. The White House didn't say this didn't happen. They said you, you shouldn't be attacking Joe Biden's family. They, that, that, to me, that's a very implicit, yeah, it happened. We just don't want to talk about it. We'd rather tell you you shouldn't attack Joe Biden's family. Well, is it really an attack on Joe Biden's family when we are talking about this could be very legitimate uh, problems when you're talking about the national security of our country if we have Joe Biden, who, again, if you're paying attention like we've been paying attention, we see all this money being funneled uh, through Hunter. We see Burisma. We see what happened in China. We see these legitimate national interests uh, being threatened and jeopardized. It's much more than just attacking Joe Biden's family. I mean, even if you go with the whole Ukraine stuff, right. I mean, it's just it's just ironic that, you know, you have, have these conflicts going on at the same time uh, with these guys having some sort of uh, business ventures in these various countries. I could totally understand why people would see that as a conflict of, of interest in some kind of way. So the issue isn't with the fact that, well, the truth was uncovered. It's the fact that it was uncovered and maybe it makes people uh, look bad. We're actually going through this right now with the whole Twitter. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw the Twitter files that dropped uh, today. I know we don't, we're not supposed to be speaking about it. On, we're not supposed to, but we're not speaking about it on the show. But it, no, it talks about how a it. bunch of basically, uh, you had like Stanford University and a bunch of organization, basically the state essentially working with Twitter to specifically suppress truthful information because of what it would have other people believe and obviously would incentivize them from getting the jab. It's a similar thing uh, right here. So it's less about the fact, well, it is the truth. Obviously, it's the truth. But we don't like the fact that you that you uncovered it or what other people are going to believe, which is why they would specifically reference the fact that, well, you're lending sort of credit to these conspiracy theories despite it. Well, it's true. Right. Right. It's not like there's anything incorrect in, in here. Now, I will say this. With politics, especially someone that's been in it as long as Biden, I've, all of them, more than likely, mm -hmm. if you go down the rabbit hole, especially when you're dealing with foreign uh, institutions, is probably doing some sort of, uh, you know, maybe not money, money laundering by legal definition, but something fairly close. Let's mm -hmm. just say that. I'm pretty sure all of them are in on it. That's kind of what, what they're incentivized to be in on it. They're going to get, I mean, how else are these people that usually go into it with little experience? Uh, definitely as it pertains to business, they become politicians. They have, let's say, a, a very low net worth, and then they come out of it having uh, been worth millions of millions of dollars. Why do you think that is the case? So all of them are probably in on it. Biden, of course, you would think someone that's been around. I mean, I don't think people really understand how long this man has been in politics. 250 years. Yeah, just about. You know, he's been about as long as a, a USA has been a thing. Probably, I don't know, maybe he looked at the Constitution or something. But on a serious note, he's been around for a long time. Of course, there's probably some incriminating evidence. Um, and I'm not saying that to diminish certainly the efforts because the people that are going to be mad were going to be mad uh, regardless. But think about their reaction or lack thereof to mm -hmm. your point when it comes to the uh, uh, White House and what it is that they say. Now what's going to happen now that we know that maybe people will look at them with certain scrutiny. I don't know. It does seem that a lot of this existed in that window. It could have maybe been a. Um, 
like definitely when it came to Hunter Biden's uh, a laptop situation, we know how that played into the election and all of that. So, you know, it's just an interesting time that all of this kind of uh, is coming about. And will this impact the future election? We'll see. But I don't know if Americans, they're really short sighted. They might forget mm-hmm. about this tomorrow. Yeah, which is frustrating because it's such an important. I mean, this is a big freaking deal. Yeah. This isn't just this is a huge deal. Yeah, this isn't just oh he's letting his. I mean, it would be enough if it was just he's letting his son profit off of you know the fact that he was in the role that he was in. But you're talking about uh, two very corrupt nations that he's doing these shady business deals with. And obviously this had an effect on the 2020 election. So, I mean, just the fact that they suppressed it and said it was Russian disinformation. And now it's coming out that it's so accurate that they're actually suing John Paul Mac Isaacs, or that's a handful to say, the owner of the computer repair shop where Hunter left the laptop. So if they're suing him, they're now basically admitting that everything on there is legitimate. And Mm -hmm. so when you see that, you see that he's sleeping with his sister-in-law, Hallie. And for me, the biggest red flag is that a Chinese bank or energy company can buy off the president's daughter-in-law with $35,000. That's all it takes. And that's a lot of money for us, of course, but for a Chinese national energy company or bank, that's nothing. So that shows you how easily these politicians can be bought and sold. And we have them. We have the smoking gun. We got the evidence. And nobody cares. As a matter of fact, the politicians, the liberal politicians, are going to protect this. So if this ever gets brought to the House or to Congress and Marjorie Taylor Greene got to, you know grill these people about the laptop, there would be politicians stopping the truth from coming out. So it's very weird that this isn't the biggest story in the world. So you mentioned the the laptop and how Hunter Biden is suing. That's a fascinating one to me because, so John Paul MacIsaac originally filed suit, I believe this was at the end of last year, originally filed a defamation suit against, it was Hunter, the Biden campaign, CNN, and Adam Schiff, I believe. He filed suit against all of them for defamation because they had all said that he had somehow illegally accessed this data on the laptop. And he said, that's not true. It was not illegal. I didn't do anything illegal. Um, And this is defamatory. And so instead of just like doing what he could to manage that lawsuit, Hunter Biden somehow went on the offense and decided I'm going to counter sue against John Paul Mac Isaac. Uh, And he says that Isaac illegally distributed Hunter's personal data and it accuses him of six counts of invasion of privacy. This was after, remember, what was it, uh, February, the beginning of February, his attorneys, Hunter's attorneys, had called on uh, the Department of Justice and the Delaware Attorney General to call for investigations into John Paul Mac Isaac, Steve Bannon, and Rudy Giuliani. I, it's just like, it really takes a, a whole level of like narcissism and s- being a sociopath to be like, no, I'm suing you even though I had no clue where my laptop even was. You should have just, what, kept it there forever? Never never opened it again? I mean, the, the shop had a clear 90-day policy. This guy went in, cracked out of his mind. He would have never known to go and pick it back up. And somehow he is trying to say, I'm the victim here because I'm a weirdo that just got exposed. Yeah, that sounds about right. Part of the course was the whole like throwing your hands and then uh, hitting someone and then hiding them behind you as if, you know, you're sort of the uh, innocent party here. But um, look, man, this is the I guess we need to stop talking about the Clinton crime family and maybe Mm -hmm. rename it with the Biden uh, Mm -hmm. crime family. It seems to be more accurate. 
Uh, now I won't say more accurate because obviously Clintons are full of criminals. Yeah, I feel worse. like the Clintons, Clintons have Clintons killed many more people, yeah, 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 but absolutely. the Bidens have But this is like is more maybe. fresh on our mind, and obviously one, I guess the head honcho is the president now. Mm -hmm. So who knows uh, what kind of uh, criminal activity will be uncovered going into the future years. I think this is going to be the president. Now, I don't know how much longer uh, Biden himself, big, uh, what, what they call him in that uh, deal, the, uh, the big guy. I don't big know how guy, long, yeah. much longer he's going uh, to be around, but there's certainly a trail of, 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 I mean, look, can you call it criminal activity? They do a great, this is what politicians do. This is what criminals per se do. They're great at masking kind of, uh, does it look like criminal behavior? Hey, there's this Chinese, even though we know for sure the way they do business, considering the country, um, it, it, the country it's in, the CCP absolutely 100% is involved uh, mm -hmm. in, in this in some way, shape, or form. Hell, they're involved in everything. Hell, the movie t theaters, like as far as like movies getting a box office uh, returns from China, who do you think is approving uh, of all of that? It's the freaking CCP. So they're involved in it in, in one way um, or, or another, but it's a way to just like the fact that they will come out and be like, oh, this is a perfectly legitimate Chinese. Uh, it's like, dude, you ain't. Yeah, business deal. Like, all right, man, it ain't like you working with some like, you know, I don't know. Because there, there, to be fair, there are like smaller, like Chinese, like companies per se that are like usually family owned that try to go around like the CCP. Those exist yeah. uh, out there. That energy company ain't one of them. No. <laughs> and like they're going to hire him to consult them. Like they need right. any business expertise from Hunter Biden. Right. Yeah, right. And has anybody on the left actually defended that? I mean, I don't know of anybody. I mean, has anybody ever said that he was qualified to sit on the board of Burisma, an energy company? I don't even think I've heard the left argue that. So that shows you how silly it is, the narrative that any of these foreign companies, whether it's Ukraine or China, needs to talk to Hunter Biden for solutions. It's just, it's absurd. I do, And I do, when we're talking about this particular story, I do want to make a point to, to remind everyone here. Um, how far the corruption goes. Not that I didn't, I don't have to like sell you on the FBI being corrupt, but remember, this computer repair shop owner, Isaac, he sent all of this to the FBI, mm -hmm. right? The FBI first made a forensic copy of the laptop and then they returned later. They had a subpoena. They confiscated the laptop. It was just because he knew better, right? He knew to, to make sure to make a full copy of everything, of all of the data. Well, that's and what he, he just does. stopped hearing from the FBI. Well, he was there to recover the data. Right. That's why he had, so they're trying to say it's illegal that he had the data. That's what he was hired to do, right. was get that data right. off that computer. Right. But, 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 but I'm saying he was like, oh, something's not right here. I need yeah. to give it to the higher authorities. The authorities had no intention of doing anything about it. They confiscated it so he couldn't show anyone. And then they thought that it was all going to be over because yeah. he stopped hearing from them. It was only because he thought ahead of time, you know what, maybe I should make some copies of this data just in case. And it was a good thing he did. And now all of a sudden he's having to fight off this counterclaim. Well, legally he has to have the copy of the data because I feel like uh, how it works with data recovery is that he takes the broken laptop that had urine and whatever on it <laughs> and then he saves it to, he has a device that he saves it. So he has like a universal yeah. saved hard drive. So that's why the FBI is so dumb. Of course there's always going to be right. some sort of paper trail for this when his job is to recover the data. Yeah, I don't know how they exactly did it, but I'm pretty sure definitely if they clone like that, that I don't know if it's an SSD. I don't know what kind of laptop he was using, yeah. but yeah, that's that's going to be 
par for the course. Yeah, there has to be a copy. Yeah, yeah it's going to so be. But it wasn't a coincidence that the FBI came. Uh, he gave them the data. They came. They subpoenaed. They confiscated it. And then, oops! I never heard back from the FBI again. Yeah. That's not a coincidence. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's get to more after the break. First, we want to thank our sponsor, Bank on Yourself. So uh, maybe you have been one of many who have give, been given some bad advice about your retirement savings. Maybe you were told to max out your 401k. The Wall Street Casino loves to roll the dice with your hard-earned life savings. But the only thing Wall Street guarantees is that they always get paid whether you win or lose. And there is a better way to grow your nest egg. Bank on yourself is a guaranteed and predictable way to grow your hard-earned money. It has never had a losing year and uh, it puts you in control of your money plus tax-free income in retirement. You're going to get guaranteed predictable growth and retirement income with no luck skill or guesswork required. And it's not going to go backwards when the markets tumble like you're seeing right now in all of your retirement and investment accounts. It's tax-free retirement income. You're going to know what your tax rate will be in retirement. That is zero under current tax law. You're going to be in control, unlike 401ks, IRAs. The government makes sure that they penalize you for like literally everything you do with those IRAs and 401ks. Or like, if you breathe on it wrong, up, oh, boom, you got a penalty. You don't take it out soon enough, penalty. Oh wait, you're taking it out too early, penalty. They want to penalize you for everything. You got to look at a different way. You can get a free report with all the details on how the bank on yourself strategy adds guarantees, predictability, tax savings, and control to your financial plan. You can go to bank on yourself.com slash matters. Guys, I, I I talked to these people. They showed me how this works. It really, really is a really, really effective solution. You got to check it out. Just go view that free report over at bank on yourself.com slash matters. SVB Financial Group, the parent company of Silicon Valley Bank, announced today that it has filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy protection. This obviously comes as we've you know, covered on the show. Uh, Silicon Valley Bank collapsed last week. It was the second largest bank failure in U.S. history. Uh, they had discharged assets as loss from a portfolio containing long-term government and corporate bonds to supply depositors with their funds before the FDIC assumed control of the company. And um, look, I, I highly encourage all of you, if you missed the program that we did with Carol Roth, uh, she's a former investment banker, Carol Roth. Um, I highly suggest that you uh, go watch that because she did give some really, really great insight on that. You can find that on Blaze TV on the app. You can also find it on our YouTube channel here, uh, which, by the way, you should subscribe to the YouTube channel. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure that you gently tap that like button, uh, comment and subscribe to the channel so that more people can watch this. Um, so. It's unclear right now who's going to bail out customers who had over 250000 in their accounts because 250000 is the threshold uh, that FDIC is insuring. Um, some sources are saying that big banks like Wells Fargo, Bank of America, and Chase pulled their money together and bailed them out, but there's not actual verification from anyone uh, in the government or anyone in the financial sector that that is the case. But I want to play for you guys uh, a portion of a hearing that was held yesterday where Oklahoma Republican Senator James Lankford asked, asked Treasury Secretary Jan Janet Yellen at a hearing whether the administration's policies of this, you know, the FDIC, remember, is voting whether or not they're going to assume control to basically bail out, I guess, for lack of a better term, uh, uh, these companies. And he's like, well, what about the small community banks? Like, it sounds a whole lot like they're going to be crushed and punished by moves like this. Here was that exchange. Watch. Will the deposits in every community bank in Oklahoma, regardless of their size, 
be fully insured now? Are they fully recovered? Every bank, every community bank in Oklahoma, regardless of the size of the deposit, will they get the same treatment that SVBP just got or Signature Bank just got? A bank only gets that treatment if a majority of the FDIC board, a supermajority, a supermajority of the Fed board, and I, in consultation with the president, determine that the failure to protect uninsured depositors would create systemic risk and significant economic and financial consequences. So what is and your we plan? Need that determination. Right. right. So, so what is your banks. plan to keep large depositors from moving their funds out of community banks into the big banks? We have seen the mergers of banks over the past decade. I'm concerned you're about to accelerate that by encouraging anyone who has a large deposit in a community bank to say, we're not going to make you whole. But if you go to one of our preferred banks, we will make you whole at that point. Yes. Um, Hello. Look, I mean, we're that's certainly not something that we're encouraging. That is happening right now. Huh. Interesting exchange between them. By the way, the control room told me that she looks like a troll. I think she actually looks like Humpty Dumpty. I'm going with Humpty Dumpty. I think she's kind of hot. <laughs> You're into some weird stuff, I know, Alex. But, yeah. uh, th- I mean, this is a, a legitimate question, right? If the FDIC, I'm sure Eric has plenty to say on uh, the, the racket that is the federal government system, but the, the FDIC, the Treasury Secretary, all of the, oh, well, there has to be a super majority of all of these government bureaucracies that vote whether or not we're going to uh, provide them assistance. Uh, yeah, that could lead to disastrous consequences for the small guy, for the little guy. Well, the small, oh man, I could go on this subject matter for like the rest of the show as it <laughs> pertains to like the money in the Federal Reserve mm-hmm. in combination with uh, the, the Treasury and how if you want to address the economic problems that plague this this country, that's where you start. Mm-hmm. Now, we only seem to get eyes on it when stuff like this happens, when there's a large uh, some sort of bailout or if there's like a collapse per se or, you know, there's a moment of recession, then people start to put their eyes on it. But it's too late by then because the bur- the bubble has already burst, per se. And now you're trying, instead of figuring out, okay, why the bubble is a bubble uh, in-, in the first place, we're sitting here looking at, okay, well, this, this, this happened and now how are we going to protect X and O from the future? Well, nobody's asking the real question. Actually, there's only going to really be a couple of politicians that are like, okay, we need to, as it pertains to the government's involvement in the in money, the the supply of it, it needs to be looked at, which is what they say when they say audit, Mm -hmm. as it pertains to the Federal Reserve, or it needs to be eliminated, which I would make the argument in which they need to completely uh, be eliminated. This idea that, and I'm going to go on a tangent real quick, but this idea that like, they they, they love to use the term like with the Federal Reserve, a a private, they say it's like a private institution, Mm -hmm. uh, which is false. Right. Um, and this is much like the, the, the whole private prison thing where, OK, you have an institution that you claim operates in isolation to the government, but 
the entire oversight of it is it's done the by the government. Right. So, no, it couldn't. In any, other, in any other instance, when we say privatize, we generally mean the state being removed from the equation. But for whatever reason, when it comes to the money and when it comes to the prisons, that, that, that is thrown completely out the window. And what it is is to pay lip service to this idea that in the event that it was privatized, well, it would be worse, right? So the government needs to come by when it's like, dude, you're the ones that are causing the fundamental problems. But, you know, I do like the idea that people are now looking at it a little more. It became a little too status for my life. Liking when you talk about what crypto is and you had a lot of people not really understanding what the point was, right? This is why you had a lot of people that are big pro-government, big anti-authoritarian uh, that are shilling for various like crypto uh, currencies, even some advocating that the government be more involved in sort of the regulatory body, which like that was that defeats the purpose of what like why Bitcoin was was a thing. It was to specifically avoid um, all of that as it pertains to the money supply. But this is something I talk. I'm not going to bore my audience to death with the Federal Reserve or these definitely with bigger banks and and their uh, collaborate collaborations with the federal uh, government. Certainly, anytime they're printing money, who do you think's getting it? Who do you think's getting it? It's the big the big banks are the ones that are getting it in the first damn place when it's being uh, printed. So you've long been helping these these massive uh, uh, banks uh, get, a, let's say, ahead a of, let's say, the smaller, more community banks. That has long been the case and it's going to forever be the case as long as they're printing it out of thin air. Mm -hmm. Now, guys, I want to kind of bring you guys back to the conspiracy castle and I want you guys to realize that. The financial system is built to crash because they want to put us on a digital currency, and that is inevitable. And I know that sounds crazy. What are you talking about? I'm just saying that if you look at our financial system right now, I think our Social Security is you know, outpacing our deposits. So like, how is that going to keep going? So I honestly believe that our whole entire financial institution is built to fail, and they're going to crash it at the right time. And I think this is kind of meant to scare us and watch what's going to happen. SVP, all the big Democrats, liberals, Silicon Valley elites that bank there, they're all going to get helped out. But like the senator from Oklahoma saying, all the people in Oklahoma and Texas and those small community banks for their whatever workers organization or their teachers union, those are the banks that are going to crash. You know, you say that it's a conspiracy theory, and I'm sure that some people would call it that, but you've, we've heard the Biden administration float the idea already yeah. of digital currency. And that's where the Bitcoin push is going to, so they can regulate the Bitcoin. Yeah, so they of, can put of government regulated, right. Bitcoin. Right, right, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, anyone who would call that a conspiracy theory, I would argue is just not paying attention. Well, fair coin is going to be a thing. Right. Yeah, that's yeah. inevitable. Uh, inevitable thing but again it's the, it defeats the purpose right like it's yeah. like bitcoin the fact that it's a it, it is a limited there will always be the same number of sets all always that'll never change you ain't getting that with the federal right. government and 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 it's about permission because this is another reason we learned from the pandemic you know the first time they had these little silly vaccine cards but once they have your currency digitized mm -hmm. they can turn it on and off at any drop of a hat so you have no control of your own money the federal government does. Yeah. All right. We've got uh, we've got more to come. First, we want to thank our sponsor, Fast Growing Trees. You know why? Because it is March. It's gets we're we're going into spring. Okay. So you got to check out fastgrowingtrees.com. Uh, they've got from shade to fresh fruit to privacy, natural beauty, whatever kind of plant you want. You got to let fastgrowingtrees.com help you plant your dream garden with their expert advice and fast and reliable shipping. They've got plant experts that uh, they can help you. Uh, so. When you go on there, 
they can help you. You fill out this form and you tell them where you live and they can help you with what kind of soil you have. So these are the plants that are really going to thrive in your area, uh, in your yard, in your shade, whatever the case may be. And you don't have to go to those big retail stores where you're going to lug a tree out. You're going to throw it in your car. You're going to get dirt all over, fertilizer all over. It's going to get all over the back of your car. It's going to stink. You don't want that. All right. You don't have to wait in line. You can go to fastgrowingtrees.com order online and your plants will arrive at your door in just a few days. The, honestly, fast growing trees, I, I got to tell you, I don't know a lot about plants. And when I went to their website, I was like, oh my gosh, they've got like so many. I don't even know what to choose. I don't know what to choose. Um, that it's, It really is really, really good for those who have a green thumb and for those like me who don't and need that extra help. They also have a 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, so you know everything is going to look great fresh out of the box. You can join over 1.5 million Happy Fast Growing Trees customers by going to fastgrowingtrees.com news to get 15% off of your order. That is fastgrowingtrees.com news. Assistant Secretary for Health uh, for the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, the one, the only, the beautiful Rachel Levine promised that medically changing kids' genders will soon be normalized. Uh, he was praising the gender-affirming care, which we all know because they have made sure to tell us that the definition of that does include uh, anything from social transition all the way up to chopping uh, young girls' breasts off and young boys' uh, genitals off. I call them young. They're under 18. So uh, they're still children. And so she's praising, he's praising gender affirming care at the pediatric grand round session at Connecticut Children's Medical Center in Hartford. Here is some of that audio. I think that as we look to all the different elections in 2024, um, I think the next two years are going to be challenging, but I am positive and optimistic and hopeful that the wheel will turn after that um, and that uh, this issue won't be as uh, politically and socially such a minefield. Um, in the meantime, I can say that the children that you serve the, and the young people that you serve, their families and you all as their providers have supported the highest levels of the federal government. President Biden supports you, and he mm. has articulated that support for the children and families on a, uh, frequently. Great. Now, uh, just as a, for context, as a reminder, uh, he was talking about the political implications of gender reassignment surgery taking place at children's hospitals. And you heard him. He said, uh, you know, I think the wheels are going to turn on this. Why should this be politicized? Come on, guys. Um, it's, it's fascinating. I, I want to get your thoughts on this, guys. But, you know, we speak frequently about uh these people who want to trans the kids and, and how disgusting it is. But I, I just I just would like to throw in a cute little video from 2019 where this same lovely lady, Rachel Levine, uh, admitted that he's glad that he didn't transition earlier on in life because it allowed him to have his children, have a family. So it was OK that he waited, but he wants to make sure to rush to chop off your children's genitals. OK, watch. You know, my transition was very different because for many reasons, mm, okay. professional and mostly personal reasons, I transitioned over 10 years. Okay? Most people don't take that long to transition. First of all, young people are not willing to do that anymore. And, you know, I mean, I don't know if I was, 50, if I was 15 now, I don't know if I would have taken so long, but, but again, when I was 15, what were you going to say and who would you tell and how would you possibly express that? But um, so the, the language started about, you know, so that was now 20 years ago. 
um, when I started, when I kind of started this journey. And it was starting to become more in culture in the internet and support groups, etc. So, um, uh, so I took a long time. Um, I don't regret uh, any of that, any of that. But I have no regrets because if I transitioned when I was young, and I wouldn't have my children. Mm. I can't imagine a life without my children. Mm. And so every mm -hmm. experience led me to here. And um, uh, and so how could I regret that? Oh, okay, yeah, so you wouldn't regret it uh, because you have your children. You have your children. What about all of the detransitioners who will never have children? What about people like Chloe Cole? What about Chloe Cole, who doesn't even know if she's going to be able to have children and then doesn't know if she's going to be able to naturally breastfeed her own children because of the things that you are pushing on these children? The whole point is that a 15-year-old, a 16-year-old, a 17-year-old doesn't understand it enough to be making these permanent decisions for themselves. And you yourself now admit if you had transitioned all the way back then, you wouldn't be able to have children. But you want to deny an entire generation of children that ability. It is sick and it is evil. That's to say the least. Um, now, look, we had this whole argument. I remember when the whole gay marriage thing put, took off with um, Obama and his, you know, remember having this conversation with so many people. You had the, they call them the religious zealots, and they would say that they, hey, this was going to be this uh, slippery slope, and we were going to end up being, uh, having these conversations about children. Mm -hmm. yep. Where are we at now? Yep. It was yep. always true, but... You know, they they didn't want to give the game away early was what it was. Now it's more socially acceptable. They've kind of uh, groomed, for lack of better terms, people into being conditioned that this is OK or at least somewhat normal. Well, we are having people and, and I'm, I'm being dead serious here. We're talking about children that are having life altering mm -hmm. things done to them. OK, now you think about even when we were that age and the type of stuff that you just didn't have the mental capacity to even even do even at 18 let alone 16 right you can't go to a freaking field trip as a child without getting your parents mm -hmm. to uh, uh sign off on it to do all of these different things uh various things that you can't do is literally illegal but for whatever reason we are supposed to believe that a child is going to have the capacity to be able to decide that they want to flip genders which means that they're going to be taking some sort of um uh, uh drugs from these pharmaceutical companies that are going to have some sort of effect. They always like to say that it's irreversible, but the mastectomy ain't. The double mastectomy ain't. That's them, them things is gone, right? Well, even the hormones, yeah. I would even argue, the are, yeah, are, no, they're, they're, no, they're, they're not They're 100% wrong it, I'm sorry, on that. it is irreversible, they're, yeah. They're, they're wrong on that, but they try to, right. they try yeah. to act as if, well, that, that can, can be, yeah, they can right. just turn that right. back on, right? They just stop taking the pills and everything's gonna be fine, though that's false too. Yeah. And they have, it's gonna have a share of side effects. Either way, it leads us to the fact that you have all these adults like that person, which are basically living through, they want their validate. The reason why they're going after these young people because they're the most impressionable demographic, mm -hmm. okay? And because of that, they get to validate themselves and this upcoming generation, which is why they target them so hard. It's far more difficult to go at it than us, and it's working, right? You see all the data that shows, well, definitely as it pertains to gender, that all of these young people in, this, uh, in the generation that is behind or in front, depending on what way you want to look at it, behind us and what they're identifying, it's not even, it's like we're on an upward of like 50% higher yep. in terms of what they're identifying. You think that's by accident? 
No, they were targeting them all along so they could have themselves be validated. And it's sickening because, again, you're doing things that are going to alter these people's lives forever. Even the experience, even if we just for the sake of conversation, it, it just assumed that the 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 pills and whatever they're taking are, are are somehow irreversible. Just think from a mental standpoint, man, the people that come out on the other side saying, wow, as they become 21, 22 and they're like, I, I don't think that was the route to go. I was just going through a phase or I was just going through. Mentally, that's going to destroy that, that, that person. So it goes beyond just the physical uh, sort of connotation here. And all of them are incriminating themselves. Like, this is something we need to be taking very seriously. I think it's simple. The world is run by corporations. You can tell that the medical industrial complex loves when children decide that they have gender dysphoria because they have a lifelong patient. And then you look at Rachel Levine as basically just a proxy for this, you know, and you look at her or him, Shim, whatever you want to call, or Rochelle, um, Levine. Uh, Rochelle, is that not right, Rachel? It's, it's him on this okay, show. Okay, him, sorry, him. <laughs> Shim, him, let's be respectful. What I'm saying is... No, I'm not going to okay, be respectful. Okay, we don't be respectful. I'm not going to be respectful to someone point, who wants to mutilate children. I, they don't deserve my respect. I have a point, I have a point, and maybe this is devil's advocate because this guy obviously worships Satan. <laughs> if we actually followed his rules, he said it took him 10 years, Rachel Levine, 10 mm -hmm. years to transition. And he was so he was so thankful that he did not transition at a young age because his life would not be the same without his kids. So according to him, if these people weren't just so hypocritical, why don't we just follow that rule? Minimum 10 years of transitioning before you even consider surgery. Mm -hmm. And then you shouldn't even consider it unless you're at an age where you know you don't want to have kids any longer. If we make those the two rules, then I can almost vibe with that. Well, that's not profitable. <laughs> yeah, exactly that's right. That's not profitable for, as you call them, the medical industrial complex, which I will say is a very accurate term. Uh, all right, we've got to take a quick break. We'll be back with more. Well, it's Friday, and uh, that means that we are reading some of your emails that you guys are sending over to our new email address, Dear Sarah, because, uh, look, Abby has to be really old now. Abby's probably like in her 80s or something. I don't know. I actually don't know how old Abby is. But my point is... She's not based. She's not based. Who wants to talk to Abby when you can talk to us on this show? So if you need advice, you can email dearsarahattheblaze.com. We're going to read some of those today. Here is one. I have been dating a woman for nearly a year and we get along very well. I'm an avid listener of your show, thank you, and very in line with the political opinions of you and most of your guests. My girlfriend is mostly apolitical, which is a relief to me because keeping up with the current events can be exhausting. However, she still holds a few modern feminist beliefs like pro-choice, gender pay gap, to name a few. How can I convince her to reevaluate her opinions on these very closely held beliefs? Her father retired from local politics in the Republican Party. We live in a blue city in a very red state, and every single one of our mutual friends is just as politically conservative as me. I think she understands most of what I think, but I can't break any ground on the others. Can you help? Sincerely looking for love. Well, it sounds like you already, you, you, did you find love? Do you love her? It sounds like you actually care enough about this relationship to try to work with her rather than just say, eh, she's kind of a feminist. I'm going to toss her to the curb. So that's good. Um, here's what I would say. There are a lot of explainer videos out. PragerU does a very good job of breaking certain issues down um, because when it comes to the issues, we have the facts on our side and the left doesn't. All the left had has are emotions. Uh, they have the feels and that's it. So 
if you have, you know, have her watch this program, if you have her listen to us explain what actually happens in these late term abortions where they are literally stabbing the head of the baby and puncture, you know, uh, uh, killing it by stopping its heart with medication. And then you're still delivering the baby dead instead of alive. There are certain uh, uh, videos. There are certain places that you can go to that will explain the irrefutable facts for her to see the gender pay gap. There are very, very good explainer videos out there that are on our side. Again, PragerU, I would direct you to, that explain things like, well, that's not actually true. And by the way, the woman, if she is a mother, uh, of course, should be working less because she should be the one who is out there taking the kids to the doctor, taking the kids to school. So if you're there less at work, you're going to get paid less. Things that explain these issues, I think, would be a very, very good start because, again, as I say, you have the truth on your side. You have the facts on your side. This is something that the left doesn't have. You just have to find the right content. And I will say, she's a woman. I'm a woman. I can tell you, you have to deliver that information at the right time. The right time is very, very crucial. You cannot give it to her at the wrong time or it will not be well received, I will just say. Would, do you guys want to add anything to that? The thing I would say to that is that because, you know, my wife uh, was a similar situation as far as her being apolitical. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the best way to go. Um, I would advise against dating a radical leftists mm-hmm. uh, altogether. Um, however, uh, depends on what 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 she responds to, right? Yeah. Uh, some people get to maybe they get to the wrong decision, but they got there by way of reason. That's a person that you can put some sort of uh, factual content. Definitely in regards to like the pay gaps and all those economic sort of stuff. Thomas Sowell has a great book. It's by the it's called uh, Economic Facts and Fallacies. It goes through all that. It is absolutely irrefutable. It's not up for dispute. It's not up for debate. So if she does respond to reason, that's something that she could could read again by Thomas Sowell. And if she doesn't respond to reason, you can just tell her this. Why do females on OnlyFans make 1,500% more than men? <laughs> That's the real gender That's pay gap. That's the real gender wage gap. So I think we just debunk that. And on top of that, honestly, and I think I said this in a similar question maybe last week, ignorance is bliss. I wouldn't even wake her up. I wouldn't even get her radicalized, really. I know that sounds stupid, and I know because we're in a culture war, it's like, you know, we should recruit more people, but it's like, you know, I have dialed in. The more political I get, the less I like the world we live in. That's fair. Mm-hmm. That's fair. It's but, but harsh. It, I hate to be blackpilled like yeah, that, but, as I say. But, but if these are very closely held beliefs yeah. for him, if these, if these are very important things it, that he needs in a mate, then it, the choices are either you, you bring her over or you find someone who does agree with you, well, if, if that is what he, how strongly he feels. And in a, on a personal opinion, I actually do like dating the girl that I'm dating now because she politically, ideologically aligns with me. So that is important, but... I could, ne- I could never. Oh, I do. I, I would never. I'm saying, I'm saying I, I still, I still would date a girl if she was not into politics. I think that's kind of attractive. If she's not too. into politics yeah. at all. Apolitical or she's at least yeah. got to be aligned. There's no, no way out she of it. She can't be like pro-abortion and pro-trans yeah, yeah, kids, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. some of these stuff, but... But, right. Like, this is the thing. Obviously, I'm not a socialist, but you know, some people like, you know, social services and want to help people. I can't fault a person for wanting to. Right. I'm just, I'm mean? just saying That's you have to agree on uh, whatever is most important yeah, yeah, to you. Core core you ha- you have to agree, agree on or it's yes. never going to work. For sure. Yeah. Um, all right. Okay. All right. Sorry. We, we, uh, we ran out of time for the <laughs> others, but we will get to them. We're not going to answer this next question. No, this next question you have to answer. We Let's do talk. it. Let's take a break and we'll come back and answer that. We'll, we'll come okay. back and answer it. We'll be right back. All right, we're going to
going to get to one more before we have to go. This is, uh, Dear Sarah, you said you'd be open to answering dating advice. So my question is, does the nice guy really always finish last? My parents raised me to be a gentleman. I hold doors open for women. I pay for meals. I try to be as respectful as I possibly can. I'm also really good at landing in the friend zone. And I'm wondering if there's a correlation. If it's an overly stupid question, feel free to ignore. But I thought I'd ask anyway. Sincerely, nice guy looking for love. It's not, a, that's not a stupid question at all. That's not a, a bad question at all. Um, Yes, you're going to get friend zoned if you're too nice. I'm, I just, I don't know. I don't know a way to put it uh, other than that. Women like a little bit of a, I'm not saying be a jerk, but like kind of be a jerk every once in a while. But to be less available, I would say. I, if you're too available, women get turned off. They want a little bit of a, they want a little bit of a, a, a hunt, a chase, right? Exactly. Um, and so I think, I think that, you know, still hold the doors open, still be chivalrous, but I think there's a difference in being chivalrous and making yourself a little too available to where the woman, maybe you come off as being desperate, which you're, maybe you're not. But I'm saying that might be how it's coming off to her. Yeah, women want what they can't have. And there's a guy, relationship expert, Kevin Samuels. I'm sure you guys have heard of him. He's a black guy that passed away recently. But he actually said this. It was very it's shocking. It made me laugh, though, and maybe this might be inappropriate for the program. But there's three things a woman wants. Either you're really wealthy, really good looking, or you have a big ding-dong. So I'm saying, if you don't have one of those three, you better be cool and not too nice. There you have it. So women want <laughs> Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.